and welcome to another episode of the Richmond Bigfooty Tiger Cast. I'm your host, Michaels, and tonight we've got the A team on, the, the brains behind it all, Sturge and Mako Jacko. Welcome to you. G'day, mate. How's it going? Good. You sound a bit deflated. I know this is about the 20th time <laughs> I've tried this, so we'll hopefully get through it. It is 10.20 p.m., and we have had multiple attempts at doing this, and my computer has shit itself numerous times. We've downloaded a whole new program, so uh, fingers crossed we get through it. But thank you for coming on, fellas. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a long time coming, getting us three together to do this episode. It's about 15 minutes ago, wasn't yeah. it, the last <laughs> And that's not just meaning tonight as well, but yeah. <laughs> Disappointing that all the rolled gold I delivered in the other goes is going to be lost to the ether. The people want to hear it. Well, I'm sure you can recreate some magic for us later on. As we said. For about the third or fourth time now, it's uh, if, if anyone is keen to come on to the show next season, please put your hand up um, and send us a message to come on. It is a bit of fun. We all have the same thing in common, talking Richmond. So uh, we've had you know young people come on. We've had our first female guest come on a few weeks ago. So it is open for everyone, and yeah, it is a good bit of fun. So hopefully, we get a few more different guests popping on next season. Yeah, and, you know, it was always the plan for the podcast was to give a voice to the people of Big Footy. So I would love to hear from anyone that's even remotely interested in coming on and having a go, you know. Put your hand up and come on and have a chat. And you know, Michael is a nice enough bloke and he'll make you feel right at home. He's a nice enough bloke with some average internet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is the NBN working at its finest for us. We'll uh, push on to the autopsy play of the what play of the year vote after round 23, the St Kilda game. So Dusty got the five votes, Townsend got four, Vlosten got three, Grigg got two, and Prestia got one. So the leaderboard is now in fifth place, Nankervis and Prestia on 19, Kane Lambert on 23, in third place, Alex Rance on 38. Second place, Cochin on 40. And first place, Dusty on 76. Uh, so, Sturge, the, the votes will carry on in the final series. We know that Dusty won't change, but there probably is some room for movement for fourth and fifth position, I reckon. Yeah, you know, if uh, Jacob Townsend keeps his form up, he could sneak uh, sneak into the minor placings off only a handful of games, which would be very impressive and a big kudos to all the people that have been screaming for him to be in the team all year. Thank you. Yeah, well, that's a pat on the back for us. <laughs> um, yeah, he's been in fantastic form and it is good as well to see the posters recognising his form as well. I mean, it's pretty hard to ignore five and six goal games, but there's obviously been a lot of critics out there of Townsend's and he has proven a lot of people wrong and people are rightfully giving him votes, which is good. Um, Griggs, the other one that's, I think, slowly creeping up to a top five position as well. So he could be a, a late bolter as well. Yeah, there's Whoops. a few of those types that just, uh, you know, they do enough each week and they're getting their one and two votes every week. So it adds up towards the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. We'll push on to the review of the St Kilda game. So Richmond 19-8-122 defeated St Kilda 12-9-81 by 41 points and securing third spot on the ladder and booking ourselves in for a qualifying final for the first time since 2001. The The game started off pretty well for us. So I know we were all a little bit nervous about not wanting to lose the game that meant the absolute most for our season. But after about 10 or 15 minutes when we were kicked I think those three goals, I felt pretty comfortable and wasn't really worried about St Kilda getting back in the game. It, it just looked like we had complete control. Wacko, what were your thoughts in the game? Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, felt 
pretty damn comfortable most of the game and it was just beautiful to see the dusty show in full flight uh towards the end of the game getting thunderous applause every time he came off the ground every time he touched the ball it turned into magic just about and that snap was just delicious it was yeah, it was pretty special that banana and sturge what did you make of our tackling pressure it was i thought it was pretty good yeah, um, you know, I was out uh, at a baptism for the day and then had to suffer through, or we watched the fight, and then we had to suffer through the misfortune of watching some Essendon supporters stressing that they were going to lose to Fremantle, so I missed the start of the game, but um, everything that I saw was very, very good, you know. Um, it just kind of proved the point that we really had probably our worst day by far, this season in the first game against St Kilda and they had their best day by far and um, we just we really made amends for it and it was good to see you know a lot of people have been waiting for as they put it Richmond to do a Richmond and stuff up but um, it was good that we proved them wrong and you know delivered in those last two games when we really needed to deliver and it had a bit of luck go our way with Geelong smashing GWS but at the end we did what we needed to do and snuck in at third and we get a home final exactly right I mean the third quarter we kind of switched off a little bit and went to cruise control <laughs> I can kind of understand why that might have happened um, but it was good to see us actually bounce back and respond in the last quarter and, and kick away again and I just want to mention as well that it was great to see Nick Rewalt play his final game um, he's a superstar of the game uh, and yeah it, it was nice for him and Jack to share that moment at the end together yeah, and, you know, I've heard um, this couple of blokes on the radio were going on about how they were wondering why uh, Jack chaired Nick off, and, you know, I thought it was a nice touch to see it happen, and I don't really see what all the fuss was about, the fact that a Richmond player chaired him off. No, it's nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. They're, they're family after all, so as long as St Kilda were fine with it, um, it should be fine with everyone else. And Wacko, what did you make of Town? I know we spoke about him before, but Town's in the game. Five goals, making it 11 goals in two games. He's just adding a, a whole new dimension to us up forward. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll mention him in a bit bit further down the, uh, the broadcast schedule, but um, I think it's just great having somebody else there who's a threat. He's not necessarily the tool uh, that, that, that we, we need, but he's, he's what we've got. And I think he's doing everything he has to do. He's pressuring, he's tackling, he's getting to the right spots. And I mean, anybody who read that interview that was published um, this week, uh, was it from the Players Association? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, his his job going into the Fremantle game was to tag Michael um, Michael Walters, uh, not Michael Walters. Um, Michael Johnson. Uh, Michael Johnson out of the game. And he ended up kicking six goals on him and could have easily been seven or eight. Yeah, I think he's done a great job. He's done exactly what he has to do. He has a, the other player for me that stepped up as well has been Dion Prestia. He's he's really started to come in some good form the last few games. He, he's been hitting his passes, kicked that really nice goal on the tight angle, and I think he's going to make a really big difference for us uh, come finals. Yeah, I think uh, somebody mentioned, I can't remember who it was, um, talking about you know the 16Ks a game he's running or whatever is, you know, it's 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 wasted running and the fact 
somebody piped up and said he's still learning the team plan and the structures and everything. He's not 100% sure of where he needs to be, you know, to receive the ball or to deliver it. So as he plays more games and gets used to the structure, we're going to see him being a lot more damaging and every kilometre he runs is going to be a lot more gain for the team. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, he's only going to get better as the games go on. So I think he will end up being worth what we paid for him. Uh, I know people are a bit frustrated that they didn't see it straight away. But yeah, like you pointed out, it comes down to learning our system and, and where he needs to be in our environment. And, and that'll happen with time. So Sturge, the ladder position and expectations heading into 2017, were you one of the few that thought we could play finals or were you like, I will probably say the majority and didn't give us a chance of making it after our bad season 2016. Um, yeah, you know, I'm probably given that, you know, I've never seen really a good Richmond team. I'm probably in the more pessimistic of Richmond supporters. Um, so, you know, I was happy to take what happened and, um, you know, build from, build from where where we were and try and work our way back into finals. I don't think anyone expected us to finish third, though. No, it's been pretty exceptional. And I know, you know, some people, opposition people might say we had the soft draw and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you can only beat the teams put in front of you. And, you know, we might have got belted by Adelaide, but we still pushed all the other teams inside the eight or beat them. So I think we do deserve to be where we are. Oh, yeah, we definitely deserve to be where we are, considering how I've played this season, you know. And people say we had an easy draw, but, um, you know, we kind of got screwed a bit playing five rubbish teams in the first five weeks because, you know, they were rubbish all season. We would have beat them any time in the season. You know, if we had gotten lucky and gotten Hawthorne, Sydney, um in those first five weeks when they were rubbish as well. You know, there's two, I know we beat Hawthorne anyway, but, you know, there's a free win against Sydney. We played, when we played North, it was one of the few weeks that they were actually looking decent for the season. Um, so, you know, we, we did have technically an easy draw, but it wasn't as easy as it could be. Yeah, exactly. And Wacko, the attendance for us this year, we've got the highest home and away crowds and the highest home game crowd average. No one can ever say that Richmond people jump on and off the bandwagon. We are there always through thick and thin. Well, that's the thing. Uh, I think, of course, we've got a lot of bandwagon members, but that's because we're such a big club and, you know, just about every man and his dog who had a kid in the... uh, the 80s or the 70s, their, their kids support Richmond and it, it goes down through the family. So it spreads like a disease and there might be a whole lot of people who jump on the bandwagon, but there's also a whole lot of people who were there in and out through thick and thin. It is, and it's, you know, you get all the Collingwood people bragging about being the biggest club in, in the country. I think we're not far off overtaking. If we manage to knock up a couple of finals wins this year, I think we'll, uh, we'll potentially crack the 80,000 members next year. That's my, my call for next year. Um, moving on to, I suppose, one part of the final for this week, and Sturge, you touched on it earlier. It's a home game for us this week. The Geelong board's been very, very amusing, to say the least. Um, what kind of quotes do you have for us to, to share from the Geelong board about the final being played at the MCG instead of Simmons? Oh, and you know, this was some bit of genius for me. I knew as soon as we got 
into the uh, last quarter of the St Kilda game that I was going to get this thread up towards the end just because you know that after all the complaining they did when we played them a couple of weeks ago um, that they were going to put out their their best melts on the Geelong board and um, it's they had a whole thread about it but uh, let me have a look here um, so yeah, there's things like, uh, you know, there's one here that says, pathetic that the AFL wouldn't give us a home game when we spent millions of dollars on a new stadium and finished second. Supporters want to see their team win by playing at their home ground. Most of us would rather our team win than be able to fit into the stadium to see them live. And that's A, rubbish because they didn't spend millions of dollars on the stadium. The Victorian taxpayers spent millions of dollars on the stadium. And... Um, supporters want to see their team or supporters of real teams want to see their team live and uh, you play anywhere that gives you the best chance of being able to see the team live um and then you've got other clowns that are going on about how the 750 game is on a friday night is purposely designed by the afl to stop geelong supporters from turning up you know because Geelong to Geelong to Melbourne, such a massive trip. You know, you can't make it from in finish knock off work at five, and you can't make it in three hours. You know, it's an hour, hour and a bit drive, or an hour and a half on the train. That's enough time to get there, park, have a few beers, and then have a leisurely stroll over to the ground. If you can't make it from Geelong to Richmond in three hours, you got something wrong with you. If um if it had have been a seven ten game, I might have said fair play to them because you know that, that's a little bit more tricky, but there's still plenty of time to get there. That's just a bit soft on their behalf. Oh, and 100 percent it's not a 710-720 game, it's a 750 game. Yeah. So Geelong supporters have a chance to get up from Geelong. That's why it's at 750. And if we were playing on the Saturday, they would be crying that they didn't have a long enough break for their semi-final the next week. <laughs> I like that. Just I like the assumption they're in the semi-final next week. That's very <laughs> very smooth. Uh, Wacko, have you got any thoughts on the debacle? I know that the AFL wording stipulates that it's a home state final, so I think that's where the Geelong people need to realise that they don't actually say home ground, it's home state. Yeah, and I mean, it's just... <laughs> Where were they last time? I mean, fair enough, the stadium development has increased the capacity by a significant amount, blah, blah, blah. But how upset were they when they beat the Hawks at the G? And, you know, how upset were they the last time they won the flag at the G? I mean, it, it's it's if they're playing games there during the home and away season, until they get 100% ex- exclusive home ground rights at Simmons, they should be expected to play it the MCG or Eddie had if the AFL deems it appropriate. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing before, that if Collingwood, Hawthorne, Essendon played their games there during the year as well, I would have no issues for them to be hosting finals because that it's a pretty fair year. But the fact that we're the only big club that goes down there kind of doesn't give them too many grounds to to make it happen. Yeah, and I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not hard done by. Just toughen up, get over it. Play on. Play on. Yeah, fair enough. So, all right, speaking of play on, we're, we're going to go through just a couple of questions uh, from each of you just to, to touch on bits and pieces of the season we've had so far. So I'll start with you, Wacko. Most impressive player for the season? I was going to say Lambert, um, but now I'm going to say Lambert with a, a side dish of Townsend because um, both were definitely in the dud D list pile on 90% of big footy users uh, 
team lists. Um, and I will happily admit I said to multiple people, like, Lambert hasn't got a spot going forwards. Um, you know, what's he? he's, he's going to have to take his game to another level. He hasn't got it in him. And he's been one of our most consistent performers week in, week out, and it's got the job done when Cochin, Martin, other blokes haven't been able to do it. Um, so, yeah, and same for Townsend. I mean, again, going back to that interview, he's he said to the coaches at the start of the year, you know, I'm not going to get a shot in this midfield now that you've got Prestia and Caddy as well. Let me play forward. And he's he's taken the opportunity with both hands and he's he's definitely filling his role. So... Hats off to both of them. Yeah, both very fair calls. Your most exciting slash biggest moment for the 2017 season so far? I'm, I'm actually going to – this might be a bit weird. Um, I'm, I'm going to say the build-up to the Geelong game a few weeks ago. Um, just it was, you know, what were we then? Second and third then? Or was it third and yeah. fourth? Yeah. Uh, what was it? I think it was second and third. It was, it was, you know, a big clash, big build-up, um, travelling down to Geelong, managed to get a ticket, and obviously the game, the outcome was a bit disappointing, but just that it was almost a finals-like build-up, and it was good fun. And your key player for finals? Um, I'm, I'm going to say Townsend, because this, this might just be a bit of hype, but um, I reckon... Having another option down there that can kick goals, it's just another worry for the opposition. Um, if they've got to worry about Caddy, they've got to worry about Townsend, they've got to worry about the Smalls running around, they've got to worry about Jack. That's a hell of a lot more difficult than Jack and the Seven Dwarves. Yeah. So I think yeah. that could be a big factor. I think that will be a very big factor. And finally, the, have you got a possible a possible thread title name for next week's banter thread against Geelong? Oh, I got something. It's it's not great, Sturge. I think I've I've heard um, Steve O from Channel Seven was reporting he, he had a a good one, but uh, mine was. Richmond versus the town that could end global water supply issues with a desalination plant. Very good. We'll we'll definitely put that one into a bit of a poll. We'll get a vote. Uh, Sturge, and over to you now, your most impressive player for the season. Yeah, look, I'm going with uh, Josh Caddy, you know. Um, Came over to play a role, and we had a chat to him at the player sponsor dinner, and he said that he wanted to... um, he didn't care about playing so much in the midfield. He's happy to play up forward. And, you know, for a second second round draft pick, uh, averaged eighteen disposals, kicked seventeen goals, eighteen. So you know, the only problem there is his uh, accuracy. But you know, he's doing what you would expect from a second round draft pick. Was never going to be a star, and just does his job. And I think with Townsend playing up forward, kicking goals now, he could be a big chance to play more in the midfield uh, through finals and you know, really have an influence and could maybe have a point to prove against his old team this week. Definitely, especially considering he went down early on after snagging the first goal. So hopefully he gets on the park and, and has a big one. Uh, your most exciting slash biggest moment? 
Yeah, for me, it was uh, beating Freer by 100 points. Um, since I don't really count those games against GWS when they were complete rubbish and they were all 18-year-olds, um, the last time we beat a team by 100 points was in 1996, Fitzroy's last game in Melbourne. And before that, it was 1988, again against Fitzroy. So, you know, we haven't really smashed a team for the better part of 20 years if you don't count GWS. So it was a big thing, especially with Dimmer saying, you know, we're not the type of team that beats teams by 10 goals. To really go out and give Frio a thumping was really good to see. And one of the few times as a Richmond supporter when you can just relax and enjoy the game and know you're going to win. Uh, the exciting thing about that was we, we did it in three quarters, effectively, because the first quarter was very neck and neck. So it was a pretty impressive three quarters of footy. And who is your key player for finals? Uh, for me, it has to be Trent Cotchin. You know, he should go out there with a point to prove. Um, he captained the three losing elimination finals. Uh, he kicked against the wind in one, lost the game, and then only had nine touches against North. So, you know, he really needs to go out there and show the football world why he's a Brownlow medalist and why he should have been in the All-Australian squad. And I know you create these threads on a weekly basis. What's your possible thread title name for next week's banter thread? Uh, yes, yeah, so I've got uh, three possible ideas. I've just lost the post now. Here we go. The first one is a qualifying tie final, Richmond Tigers versus Detroit Sook City. Uh, the second one, which is actually a little bit too long for a thread title but I really like it and uh, people that know know this one will know what I'm playing on here and that's can you hear the people cry crying the tears of angry men they are the tears of a people who will never play a home final again or the third option is a qualifying final Richmond versus the skilled stadium sailing club after they uh, turn it into a marina after they fill up skilled with all their tears some, some very good options there. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing um, the, the first maybe 10 or 20 posts for the, the, the banter thread. It's going to be pretty good. Um, as for my selections, my most impressive player, I had David Asprey. I think he's been a massive, massive player for us this year and has kind of been one of the main reasons, I think, why we are where we are today. Uh, if it wasn't for him stepping up and, and just you know playing – almost to the equal of Alex Rance and being able to take the, the key forward each week, Rance wouldn't be able to do what he does. So big, big tick for David Asprey. And if the match selection committee uh, learned anything from the last game against Geelong, hopefully he lines up on Harry Taylor from the get-go because I think that's yeah, our best way of hopefully nullifying him. Uh, the most exciting moment for me was Daniel Butler's 80-metre running goal against West Coast. Uh, that was just pretty exhilarating that he just burst away, backed his pace um, and ran the 80 metres and slotted the goal. And I hope he starts to recapture some of that form because lately I've, I kind of feel like that he kind of just coasts to the ball and waits till he gets it in his hand before he then tries to hit top speed. Where I'd like to see him hit the ball at top speed so people can't catch him. Uh, the key for finals for me is our small forward as a collective group. Uh, Castagna hasn't had a, a great last couple of games in terms of numbers with disposals and goals, but his pressure's still been all right. But we can't afford for two or three of them to have quiet games. They all need to be up and about. We need at least two of them to be hitting the scoreboard, and the pressure just needs to be manic. 
And the possible thread title I've come up with for the banter thread is qualifying final Richmond Tigers versus Saxa Cats. Um, and if you all look in your cupboards, I'm sure you have a Saxa salt shaker. So that's what that's in relation to. Um, but yes, they are, their tears are delicious, says Wacko would say over there. <laughs> uh, we'll do something a little bit different now because we'll, it's the three of us on. We can maybe even talk a bit about the behind the scenes of the podcast and how, how it all kind of comes together with the exception of tonight's episode, which has been a complete debacle. Um, so, Sturge, I mean, starting with you, how did, that, how did this idea kind of all come about from behind the scenes? Um, it was an idea, you know, I thought about uh, getting a podcast started and I think I mentioned it to some of the old mods before I was actually a mod as well. And then... Um, just after we got lit up, someone, I can't remember who, uh, sent a PM asking about actually running a podcast and then that kind of fell by the wayside and then about halfway through this season I tried to get it going again and thankfully yourself and Wacko put your hands up and volunteered your time most generously to uh, do all the heavy lifting while I took all the glory from behind the scenes. And... Um, Yes, that's kind of how it came about. And like I said before, is to just, you know, I know there's three or four other Richmond podcasts, but there's not one that caters to the people of Big Footy specifically. I don't know about you, Ako, but I kind of sometimes sit there and think, is Sturge behind the scenes with the other mods just saying, oh, look at this, guys, look how good I am, look what I've created, and just really taking some serious credit for what we've done? I, I don't think he's doing that behind the scenes. I think he does that whenever he gets a chance when he's on the podcast. Any thread that opens, he posts it in there. So I think it's pretty public knowledge. <laughs> no, he loves a bit of self-promotion stage. No, it's honestly, it's, it's honestly a really good concept. Um, and I suppose when I saw the, the thread... There's a lot of people putting their hands up to go on, which is great. Um, and, yeah, no one was really putting their hand up to host it. And I thought, oh, well, I'll have a crack and see what happens. And, yeah, very thankful that you jumped on board as well, Wacko, to do editing because I would have no idea how to do it. Um, and hopefully it doesn't get to that over the next three weeks if you do happen to not be able to do it for us, but we'll get to that later on. Um, I suppose from my end – and we just had, had to wait for guests to put their hand up to want to come on. And we did headhunt a few. I think we did discuss a few people behind the scenes to see if we thought that they'd be good to get on. And yeah, just shot people inbox messages. And I think everyone's been pretty receptive to, to coming on. There's been a couple who haven't replied at all. Um, so hopefully they'll maybe change their mind next year. But yeah, it's been a, a pretty good adventure. And then basically once we know who the guests were, we just throw together an agenda Um based on the threads that you guys are all posting in on the main board. And then I'll just add my own notes along the way, send it through to the guests and, and off we go. So I suppose the, the trickiest part that I've had would be the recording programs, I guess, and having to work out how they all work. And then the whole uploading behind the scenes to iTunes and YouTube, it was a, a pretty daunting experience at the start. But once you do it a few times, it's not too bad. Uh, Wacko, what about yourself? When I send you the, the MP3 links, what kind of steps do you have to take to, to make it sound as good as it does? Um, it, it really depends on who's on the podcast, how easy it is. Um, you get some guests that are just not naturals and really horrible to deal with, like Sturge, for example, um, breathing loudly and talking about himself a lot. Um, 
We should have nicknamed him Darth. Mm. <laughs> you, <laughs> you get you get get sometimes somebody clinking uh, ice blocks around for the entire show, or maybe Michael's cats trying to get a bit of public airtime. Yeah, I, um, I mean, but, I've got they're, they're both actually sitting next to me, and they're both asleep. So I've gotten a bit lucky with that tonight. <laughs> you, you you'd be surprised how little I've actually had to cut out most of. The stuff that comes out is sense from Bigfooty posters, funnily enough. It, it's hard to believe, but yeah. It's like people just change when they're speaking as opposed to typing. It's um, I know people had this, that view of um, Tiger 71. They couldn't believe how much sense he spoke. Yeah, once you cut out all the and that was pretty much all sense. And I suppose the process of getting special guests on, like, as in past plays, I think we've all had a, a crack at getting some guests on. For me, mine was as simple as just sending someone a tweet or looking up Kane Johnson's business and sending him an email. So it's kind of close to stalking. So, um, but just reaching out to them and just explaining what we are and what we do. And we've been very fortunate that um, that they've said yes to come on. And there's been a couple of technical difficulties with getting Joel Bowne and, and Calvin Moore on, but hopefully we'll get that sorted in the near future. Sturge, you had a crack at getting Shane Tuck on. We've still not heard much back about that one with the boxing. Yeah, and I was going to say, you're selling yourself short there because I had a crack at one and got completely blanked. So, you know, whatever you're doing, you're doing a good job at it because it's not as easy as you're making it seem, mate. It, it, it is just potluck, though. I mean, they don't have to reply. Even today when I posted the Johnson interview on Richo's wall and said, oh, you know, he mentioned you as one of his the best players he played with. Can you give us a retweet? I thought, surely this won't work. And sure enough, he did. And I extended the the invite to see if he'll come on, but haven't heard back yet. But he's obviously got a bit on with his work and family life. So hopefully we can get the big men on at some stage. But if anyone out there does know any other former players that might be keen to come on, um, don't be afraid to shoot us a message and we can try and try and organise it because, yeah, I think it's great to get in touch with some past players. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we do have a little bit of an issue. Um, we'll probably never get a current player on. So, you know, getting those past player interviews are the best way we've got of you know, And a lot of them are quite interesting to talk to, you know. All of them so far have been really good to listen to. Yeah, it's been surprising because I suppose – I get a bit nervous, you know, I'll write out, say, 20-odd questions, and I'm thinking, on paper, it looks like a lot, but if they only give one or two-word answers and aren't really into it, it could potentially only go for five or ten minutes, which would be a little bit of a disaster, but been very fortunate, um, especially Kane and Mark Dragosevic, they were very open um, and were happy to talk about everything, and, and Scotty Turner was a ripper bloke as well, and it's, yeah, we've been very fortunate, so hopefully that kind of luck continues. Uh, Sturge, have you had any favourite moments so far during the podcast, whether it's been one you've been on yourself or one that you've listened to? Yeah, I think two things stand out for me, and that's the main one is um, the reception we've had from the people. You know, I never, never expected when I first floated the idea to have such a positive reception from everyone on Big Footy. Um, so it's really great, and we're really thanks to everyone that listens, and hopefully you keep listening and get all your friends to listen as well 
And uh, my second favourite moment has to have been your podcast with Tiger Seventy One and all the North Flogs losing their minds <laughs> about it. Like absolutely for a day there, and we're up to what did you say? Two thousand views on YouTube. Uh, two thousand two hundred. We've cracked the two thousand two hundred yeah. mark now. So normally the rest of the episodes are sitting around two hundred. Um, and it just absolutely blew up. I started a Twitter account and got into a bit of a an argument with uh, Ricky Nixon over it. And then from there, it just was picked up by all the North Logs for the next day and a bit where they all, there's a good 20, 30 pages in their dusty thread that they've just dedicated to dissecting your podcast, which is hilarious. Just on that. I don't know if people will believe this or not, but we had to actually rein Gin and tell him to calm down with how hard he was going to Ricky Nixon. We're trying to get some good publicity and Sturge is trying to tear him a new one. <laughs> All I said was that the media read big footy for story ideas. So we put we put a story idea in um, audio format to make it easy for him. It's probably, probably not far from the truth, to be honest. But yeah, it was. I mean, we know they troll big footy. Yeah, no, we definitely do. It's so obvious when stories come out after you've read it during the day. But yeah, that, that episode with Tiger 71, I suppose we all anticipated it would be a lot more popular with the, the Richmond board in particular. Um, I kind of thought it might have hit five to 600 views. That was the size of the Mark Jager Savick interview. I thought, oh, it should probably reach that pretty easily. But to get over a 1,000 views within 24 hours was just mind-blowing. Um, and like you said, when you see and hear the North Melbourne people are getting into it as well, um, it's it's pretty hilarious because they, they weren't happy at all. And just a big shout-out to those flogs who actually decided to attack the man and not the ball. It was pretty poor form. So don't mind people criticising our content and what we say, but to criticise Tiger 71 as a person was pretty disrespectful. And um, just so they're aware, if and when Dusty signs with us, we are going to do another special just to rub it in your face. And, you know... I've made I've made some friends over on the North Board now um, that were still yesterday going on about me. So g'day to everyone on the North Board. Yeah, the, the filth the filth wizard. He's now a Richmond resident on the Dusty Thread, so I'm sure he'll listen to this as no. well. We'll tag filth. him in it. Nah, he's a good bloke, Filth. He's all right. Plenty of times, but yeah. some of some of his mates are no good. Just a bit of a twat, but that's all. Right. Can't win them all. Uh, Wacko, what about yourself? Have you ha- I mean, you've heard all the whole extended version of every episode. Have you had any favourite bits um, that may or may not have gone to air? I, yeah, I've been extremely privileged to be able to listen to every single thing that you all thought you were revealing in secret, and I've now heard it. So thank you for that. Um, I did – I really, really enjoyed editing um, – the, the special New Zealand edition of the podcast. Oh yes, yep. That was that was a good good listening. Yeah, Kiwi Day was some, fascinating. Some good stories in there. Yeah, and he's going to come back on the show, and we're going to just do a, 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 an episode dedicated to him every week. I reckon. Well, I liked your other idea. I don't know. I don't know if I should be saying this in case we don't run with it. But when you had like the the open Michaels, yes. you called it special. He would be he would be the number one target to have on just to talk to him for half an hour to an hour he can share his stories and yeah he was really good that that was another genius idea so it's not just urge with the genius ideas some of them are mine um i reckon my other favorite moment which i'm gonna include at the end of this podcast when we go through a couple of our funnier and finer moments um i can't remember who the poster is so sorry in advance but 
the story about Aaron Fiora, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, Shay 88, I think, when he saw him in the pub. Yeah, was it that one? yeah, yeah, because it was in relation to... Um, to, um, to the Dragos yeah, yeah. interview. That was funny. Yeah, it was Che 88. Um, <laughs> that was funny. We should have put that in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely include that. Yeah, so warning, uh, if you're listening, you're, you're going to have to hear your story. You did give us permission to play it, so I'm going to take advantage of that. Yeah, that's going to be an absolute ripper, so make sure you listen to the next bit, everyone. Uh, any other good moments along the way there? Nah, not really. Um, I never get sick of listening to your voice. Um some of the other posters, you know, not not as not as nice to listen to on the ears, but we can't all be perfect. Um, no, yeah. it's, it's it's a fine art. Yeah. It's it's no, it's been really good, good good fun, and it's it's interesting listening to everybody's story. And I I think you could almost do a just a whole episode talking to posters about their their story as a Richmond supporter because that's what we all we all share that and have in common and that's the human interest in it I guess yeah but definitely and like we said before we'll definitely start doing maybe one or two of those randomly just to, to find some of our older more experienced posters who, who do have some great stories to tell it would be good just to dedicate an episode to them um, because yeah like you said we're all, all here for the same reason and they've got some pretty interesting backgrounds and stories to tell and I think everyone would love to hear them so I think with that, Wacko, I believe you're going to um, play a few bloopers, which should be fairly interesting. So I hope everyone enjoys the blooper reel that Wacko's about to run for you. And I suppose, is there anything else we want to want to touch on? I suppose there's a couple of upcoming episodes to keep an eye out for. There'll be a, a Brownlow special. Um, I'm hoping that's still locked in anyway with the Brownlow guru who does post a, a yearly thread on the main board with his Brownlow predictions. Um, yeah, he's been doing it for years and he'll post up what kind of multi-bets you can do and things like that. So if you do like to have a bit of a punt on the Brownlow medal, make sure you tune in for that one. And the other one that'll be, that'll be coming up is the draft show with Bishop and Pie for Life. So that'll be a good one closer to the date. And then another trade update with Tiger 71 a bit closer as well. So um, outside of that, did you guys have anything else to add before we just go on to the VFL quickly? Uh, no. All good from me, mate. All right. So that just about wraps up our, our special edition for this week. There's obviously no game for the seniors this week, but the VFL boys are playing Collingwood this Saturday, 2nd of September, 2.40 p.m. at Port Melbourne uh, for the elimination final. So if you do have the chance to get down there, I know you like to get along to the VFL wacko, so uh, make sure you get down and support the boys. I mean, there's going to be a, a fair few AFL-listed players playing, I imagine, um, and it would be good for them to get through this first round and have both of our teams go as far as they can. Did you say the so, games at Port Melbourne? It is, yeah. They um, they must have they must have put in to host we, the the first round of finals, I believe. We finished fifth. What a rot that we don't get a home final. Come on, surely. This is just especially after our redevelopment at Punt Road. We've put up some nice new uh, wire fences, and we've got a new scoreboard. We've got some mud on the sides. We've got How the bricks with names in it. Some. I mean, if we happen to lose, I'm, I'm, it, it's pretty much coming down to that reason. Without a doubt. I mean, it's not like we just lost to the Pies at Pun Road a couple of weeks ago, so we'll forget about that. But 
But, uh, but yeah, we do wish the VFL boys the, the best of luck and definitely get down there. So, yeah. Serge, Wacko Jacko, thank you for coming onto the show. And yeah, as I said, it's been a long time coming to have the three of us on for an episode. Um, I'm just reading what you're typing while I'm speaking. What a campaigner. Fantastic. Yeah, so thank you for coming on. And um, no, it's been a pleasure. And hopefully there's plenty more good episodes to come. And thank you for all your hard work and dedication to helping this, well, helping it get up and running. No, thank you, mate. You're the brains of the whole thing. No, no, we, we all, all take credit. So... Yeah. All right. Um, so Matt, go Tigers. I'll throw go Tigers. The outro, <laughs> that'd, that'd be good. Good outro, Wacko. That was, that was good. Like I know a lot of people on the board say I sound like the Aussie version of Antonio Banderas and they just wanted me on just to hear my voice. With that said, everyone, just take a f***ing chill pill. That's just <laughs> All this stuff about North, that broke club. Oh, Oh, that's all really robotic for me. Sorry. I didn't get any near that. Thought it. He's gone again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a disaster. <laughs> back. Maybe. No. Alright. Oh, problems. Well, I think so. Just when I, when the funny thing is, and I, I wouldn't admit it while I was on the on your show because I'd look like a complete fool. But when I, uh, the reason why I met him, and he's a very nice guy. We're at a nightclub, and he was with Aaron Fiora. I'd had, you know, a drink or two after work, and being a uh, young, dumb, passionate Richmond supporter, decided I'd uh, tell Aaron Fiora just what I thought about his third round, his third draft pick before Pavlich. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, like, like I said, like I said, you know, it's not something I'm proud of, but it's it's something we've all done when it's on a forum or that. I just happened to have him in a quiet nightclub in my in my town that I lived in, and uh, Travis Sevick actually walked up to me and, and flew the flag for Fiora, which is probably half of the reason why he didn't play a lot of footy, Fiora. But uh, he and he flew the flag for Fiora, and uh, I stopped dead in my tracks, and and I'd love Travis Sevick as a player, and I was devastated uh, that he had those injuries, um, and I stopped to Travis Sevick. I said, look, I understand you sticking up for Fiora, but um, by the way, on behalf of every Richmond supporter, I'm shattered your injuries and you are a gun. And he sort of stopped, he didn't know what to do. I suppose, I suppose he expected me to fight him and instead I stood there and just told him good he was. <laughs> I just want to paint this clear if I can. Uh, and Michael's, I'm conscious I don't want to take over your whole entire show. Now, I don't like him. I think Cars, I actually had the um, pleasure to meet the guy um, and had a bit of a, had a wine with him. Um, he's a toss bag, um, but he's a very, uh, very professional toss bag. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also, keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go, Tigers.